great hymn that is a hymn of, um, I guess, uh, testimony. As the world looks at us, and I guess the world now, it hadn't been, been quite a while ago, but they came up with the idea that God is dead, and he's not alive, and you can't prove it. Well, as Christians, the only way we can prove it, you can't see him. He doesn't boom his voice from heaven anymore, except for in thunderstorms. But we can show that he's alive in our lives. I can give the testimony that I see Jesus every day alive in my life, working. I sense his presence, his spirit, and people can see him, that he's our Savior and alive in our lives. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his love and care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. As a Christian, although we know that we are saved, we've heard the gospel many, many times, Still good to hear it. I like to hear again about what Jesus did for me, about how he loves me, about how he died for me. 
And I think that's a song and an idea that we're going to be singing in all of heaven because angels are going to be interested in hearing all about the salvation that God has given to us. They look into that right now but can't really understand it. They don't know what it's like to be saved from sin, but we do. And to sing them over again, the wonderful words of life. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. Christ the blessed one gives to all. Wonderful words of life. Sinnerless to the loving call. Wonderful words of life. All so freely given. Wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words. Wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life. Offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life. Jesus, only Savior, sanctifies forever. Beautiful words, wonderful words. Wonderful words of life, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Thank you. You may be seated. We sing a decent number of scripture songs here. It's a great, great way to help you memorize the Bible. Music seems to stick in our minds easier than some things. And uh, learning Bible verses by singing them is a great way to do it, and we love to do that here. This is a fun one, um, one that uh, has the address on it. A lot of times when you memorize Scripture, sometimes people say, that's in the Bible. Well, I want to know where. You're supposed to memorize where it is as well. And so First John 4, 7, and 8 is right in the song to help us remember. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, love one another. Love is from God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. 
Scripture song found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 reminds us that uh, we're in a battle every day of our lives. Satan is our enemy, constantly trying to pull us away from Jesus, constantly trying to destroy us, and we are fighting back. Steve talked last week about um, the armor of God and putting it onto battle, and this song reminds us that even though we're human beings and in our flesh, the war that we're fighting is spiritual and we use spiritual armor and spiritual weapons, the Word of God. Though we walk in the According to the flesh For the weapons of our warfare Are not of the flesh But divinely powerful For the destruction We are destroying speculations And every lofty thing raised up Against the knowledge of God And we are taking Every thought captive To the obedience of Christ
one more song before Steve comes up and shares uh, from God's Word. Probably one of the most famous hymns in the world and uh, one of the most precious as recognizing the value of an old rugged cross.
someday to my home far away where is glory forever I'll share so I'll cherish the old rugged cross to my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the morning. I'm doing the reading today. I usually call somebody and I forgot. So I didn't want to give anybody a surprise. But anyway, but it's good to see you all. That song was a beautiful song. We should be ones as Christians who think really of the cross every day of our lives. I was reading my quiet time this last week. That verse says, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. But thinking about the cross and what he did for us, um, it's important, and that last line, knowing that someday that we will be with the Lord in glory. The reading today is from Titus, Titus chapter 2. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith and love and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds, with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that they will adorn the doctrine of God, of God our Savior in every bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed, to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Titus 2 and all these instructions about how to live, given to older men and given to younger men and given to women and, 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 and slaves or, or workers, really. Thank you, Father, for the, the, just the uh, instruction from you that we can live for you. We can do the things that you want us to do, and you're very clear in the instructions you give us. But thank you, Lord. It's by your grace we read there that we'll be seeing you in the future, the appearing, Lord. We bless you for that. 
that now we live for you in this world and, and it's the present age and as Galatians 4, Galatians 1 says, it's, a, it's an evil age. But we're to be lights and by your grace, by your power, we can live and, and be and do all that you want. Just thank you again now for this time. Might you instruct our hearts, each one of us, God, those here, those who are listening online. God, might you just, uh, just work on us. God, do what you want to do. Indeed, we need to hear from you. And by your spirit, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As Christians, we're to be who God wants us to be. We're to do what God wants us to do. We're to live for Christ. And we do that by carrying out the work that God gives us to do. And we can only way, only way we can be who God wants and do what God wants us to do is by the power of God, by being strong in the Lord, which has been our theme the last couple of weeks and again this week as well. Ephesians 6.10 says, Be strong in the Lord, the strength of his might. I want to just first review some things about being strong in the Lord, but I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 3, which we looked at last week, but it is such a wonderful section of, of verses and truth that relate to this subject here. In verses 14 to 19, Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Let me just review, uh, just mention a few things we talked about last week that are important. First of all, the power that we get from God is from the Holy Spirit. And as the church, God wants us by his power to do what he wants us to do. We looked at some verses in Acts and saw that this power is by the Holy Spirit. And we see there in Acts 2 that the early church waited for the Holy Spirit. And then they did all that, that, that God wanted them to do. And so too for us as Christians, as, as we individually but also collectively and as a church are filled and empowered by the Spirit, that we can do whatever God wants everything that God wants, and no, no devil, no demon, no person can stop us from doing then the work that God wants. Secondly, the Holy Spirit strengthens the inner man. We read that in Ephesians 3, our soul, our spirit. So this strengthening then, we understand, is not a physical strength. As, as people, we think of physical strength a lot. Not wrong that we do that, but sometimes we overdo it. But we're talking here about this strengthening is a spiritual strengthening it's a supernatural strengthening. So God then, that's what he wants for us, to be strengthened in this way. And next we see that God strengthens us. He, he gives us his strength, his power, this supernatural ability. And so this divine power that we're talking about is it's a gift from God to us. We don't deserve it. We can't work for it. We can't earn it at all. It's his gift. And so it's purely the grace and the kindness of God. There's a verse in, in Ephesians 3, 7, and I really believe it sums up how Paul was thinking about things. He says there in verse 7, it says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. It's God's grace, his power. So here's, here's Paul summing up. How could he do all that God wanted them to do? And it's by the power of God. That's what it was. 
The next point is that result of being strengthened by God, by the power of the Spirit, is that Christ lives in us. It's an amazing truth that, that Christ, through his Holy Spirit, can live in us. And as Christ lives in us, then we can live for Christ. It's so simple. As Christ lives in us, then we can live for Christ. And again, this is by the power of the Lord. We also see that being strengthened by God happens by faith. said before? Okay. Will we continue? We're talking about Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19, summing up some of the thoughts that we looked at last week. And I just started this fifth point here. Being strengthened by God happens by faith. It's by trusting God. It's by relying on Him. It's not not by us. It's not by our strength. It's, it's again, by Him. As, as people, we all know that we don't always feel good and in this culture where there's so much about how we feel way way too much emphasis on that and it's by faith that that's what we have to understand and finally one of the primary and most important results of being strong in the lord is knowing the love of god and that's what we read there in those verses 18 and 19 and then is, is we know the love that god has for us that's when we can love him as it says in First John chapter 4, we love because he first loved us. So as we know the love of God, then we can love him and we can love others. We can love both the saved and the lost. And so we learn then that the person who's strong in the Lord has a relationship with God, a good relationship with God. We looked at uh, Psalm 59, verse 16 says, I shall sing of your strength and I shall sing of your loving kindness. So we see these two words, strength and loving kindness, go together. Go together. Being strong and as one who knows you know the love of the Lord. Being strong helps you to know the love of the Lord, and as you are strong, then you know the love of the Lord even more. A person who's experiencing God's strength has a good relationship with God. These verses, and I love these, this sums it up so well. Philippians 3.10, here's Paul again speaking, and he, he says in the, in the first part of verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. Do you see what it says? I want to know Christ, this relationship, and, and the Greek construction is this word and, K-A-I, is in there, meaning it's important. There's a connection between knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. Very important that we, we see that. So the person of the Lord, person who's strong in the Lord, then he has courage, and he has resolve, and he's determined to do what God wants him to do. He's one who's zealous for God and zealous for the work of the Lord. He's not one who's sitting around all the time doing his own thing. It's easy to do that. He's not just looking at the Internet. He's not just playing games. He's not just watching TV all day long. The person who is, is, is filled with the Spirit, who's strong in the Lord then, is one who's obedient to Christ and doing the work then that God wants him to do. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. We, we talked about this last time, probably the last two times. But I want to read through these verses here. Joshua 1. Now we understand from 
the last chapter of Deuteronomy, the first chapter 34, that Moses had just died. Baton, Baton was being passed off to Joshua. Moses, we you know, took the, took the people, the Jewish people, up to the promised land, been led, led them through the desert. Now he's taking them up to the promised land. But there's Joshua. So the instructions come from, from the Father, from God to Joshua. Verse 1, it says, came about after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place in which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's four principles that I just want to mention briefly. Then we'll come back and just mention a couple more things about Joshua. Four principles that relate to every believer that are really conveyed in these verses here that relate to your life and the things you do. And the first one is understanding the purpose of God. That is, God wants you to know his purpose. You're to know the purpose of God. Then we see there, we talk about the person. We read that the Lord says, I'm with you. Know the person of God, having this relationship with God. And the third thing is knowing the promises. The promises of God are given in these verses. Important for us as Christians to have promises, knowing that God, what he says, he's going to do for us. And the final one is know the power of God. The power of God. And so those four things are very important for you as you live your life, knowing the purpose of God, knowing the person of God, knowing the, the power of God, and, and knowing then to the promises of God. But back to this text here, God gave Joshua a job to do. That's what we see. God gave Joshua a job to do. And what was that? He was to lead the people into the promised land. That's what he was to do. But he had to defeat the enemy first. And so then God gave the, them, the Joshua and the army and all the soldiers and the rest, he gave them the strength they needed to defeat the enemy, to carry out this mission and then to be successful. That's what happened in and in and, and, and these verses um, here, but then Joshua 1 through 10 is a great example, a great example of God's people by God's power doing then the work of God. It's, it's a wonderful picture. You see battle after battle and fight after fight, and God then came through them. And I've said this before many times, but it was then they were victorious. They were 31 and 1. The one defeat was because they were in sin, but they came back and defeated that one king, that one enemy, they defeated them then later. Well, one thing you learn from Joshua is that doing God's work can take time. There are some things that you do in life for the Lord that takes a minute or two. Some things might take an hour or two. Some things might take a week or two. Some things take a lot longer. For example, for example, serving the Lord by cooking a meal 
and we should cook meals for the Lord. Everything we should do should be done for the Lord. It can take 15 minutes. It might take an hour, right? You understand that. Serving the Lord by sharing the gospel, that could take five minutes. It might take 15 minutes. It might take longer, right? Serving the Lord by raising a family takes a little longer. Parents, there are a number of things they do through the course of their time with their children, a number of number of things they do through life, all totaling up to about how many years? Usually about how many years? About 18 or so, okay? That's a long work, 18 years. It is work. It's, it's, a, it's a good work. Working at a job, for example, maybe something you do, you might work at a job for a few months, you might work for a year or five or ten, or some people stay at their same job for 40 years. And that's all then should be by the grace of God, by the power of God. And when Joshua and his armies defeated the enemy, it didn't happen in a day. It didn't happen in a week. They had to defeat 31 different enemies. We don't know exactly how long it took, but it took some time. That meant they had to persevere. That means they had to keep going and not give it up, even though it was hard. I want to just have you look at one passage here, Joshua chapter 10. I love this section here. It's instructive. But um, Joshua 10, verses 6 through 15. Joshua 10, verse 6, it says, Then this men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. So there's this battle they had to attend to, the Amorites there. And, and so then Joshua, verse 7, went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him and all the valiant warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. Again, the promise from God. Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. I love that verse. Think that was easy? It was an all-night march. That's hard. They were tired. They persevered. They kept going all night, marched from Gilgal. And the Lord confounded them, the enemy before Israel, and he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon and struck them as far as Azekah and Machedah. And so they went after him. They, they went, they chased after him. They defeated him, they chased after him. First up, as they fled from before Israel while they were at the descent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than those from the sons than the, those from whom the sons of Israel killed with the with this, this sword. Goes on. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, "O sun, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon in the valley of Ajalon." So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of of Jashar? And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. There was not, no day like that before it or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp of Gilgal. But you see this wonderful picture. They're going all night, okay? And then that part in verse 11 where it says, the hailstones came down from heaven and more died because of the hailstones than, than, than from the sword. And, 
And then the prayer of Josh, a fighter. He said, I'm tired. We want to give up. He says, oh, sun stand, sun stand still because we need more light. We need more time to defeat the enemy. And it did. And then that verse there, no day like this ever before. When the Lord listened to it, the man said, and that phrase, and the Lord fought for Israel. So as we fight for the Lord, as we work for the Lord, the Lord then fights for us. And the Lord then fights the enemy as well. So, so encouraging to see that. But turn to Exodus. I want you to see something else here. And it sort of relates to this part in Joshua. Exodus chapter 14, 13 and 14. We're talking about working for the Lord, being strong in the Lord, doing the work of the Lord. And, and see what it says here. It says, 14, 13, Exodus. Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he'll accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. There are some times you don't do anything. You're serving the Lord. You're working for him and fighting for him. He says, stop. You, you stand still. I'm going to take care of it here, which is encouraging. And it's not wrong to pray for this. It says, so, Lord, I'm tired. You've you got to really help me out here. You've got to really come through. So that verse, I'm not saying applies all the time. It's not a matter of you sit still all day or sit at home all day. Hey, I'm too tired to work. But sometimes the Lord does that in terms of fighting for you. And really he does it much more than we ever, ever realize. So when we're doing something for God that takes a period of time, then it takes God's strength during that entire period of time. That means we're enduring, we're persevering, we're being steadfast, we're going on then by the strength of the Lord. So as, as, as I'm just real simple, we're working for God. God gives us his strength as we work for him during that period of time to keep going for him. Colossians 1, 11, a, a great verse on this. This is Paul again. This is how Paul thought. He says, strengthened with all power. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. The idea that as we work for God, as we serve him, we need to keep going sometimes. And it might be something that you're not doing for just a day or two, but a week or two or a month or two, and it's the same kind of thing. It might be a relational thing, and you continue. Boy, Lord, I need your strength. I need to keep going. I need patience. I need perseverance. And that's what it says right here. God always gives us the strength to do what he wants, no matter how long that takes. Now, I'm going to switch here. And most of the rest of the message relates to this point here. It's a very, very, very important point here, points I need to make. But there's a particular aspect about being strong in the Lord that must be understood. And that's that you need to be weak in yourself and know that you are weak in yourself before you can be strong in the Lord. You need to know that you're weak. You need to be weak. Know that you're weak before you can be strong in the Lord. And Paul is one of the best examples. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is, this is the main lesson I want God to teach you today. I sure can't do it, but God, by his grace, can. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe you all understand what we're going to be talking about. But the practical application is so important. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. 
and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. We're just keep talking about this. Paul was weak and fearful when he was with the Christians. He knew that he had no strength in and of himself to minister. But then God gave him all the power. And he depended and relied on the power of God, on the spirit of God to do what God wanted him to do. Second Corinthians, go to Second Corinthians chapter 4, another example here. And there's many we see in these chapters, particularly Second Corinthians. Chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. Second Corinthians 4, 7 to 11. We have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus, that is the power of Jesus, also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus, the power of Jesus, also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Paul was uh, afflicted. He was persecuted. He was struck down. All kinds of problems, all kinds of difficulties. He was weak in himself, but God gave him all the power he needed so that he could minister to the people. So he could then do all that God wanted him to do. God wanted it this way. God wanted Paul to be weak in himself. He wanted Paul to know that he was weak. And what we understand from the text and other verses that Paul learned over time then that he couldn't live the Christian life on his own. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. But he needed Christ. He needed Christ and the power of God all the time. That phrase, to live as Christ, is a very important phrase because when you say to live as Christ, that covers your whole life. But part of what it's saying is, is to live, you need the power of Christ. You need the power of Christ. To live is Christ. So God allows you to have trials, weaknesses, sickness, so you can see that you are weak that the only way you can live is by the power of God. There's a tendency at times for us as Christians, and we don't feel good emotionally, physically. We check out. I'm sick. I don't need to live for Christ today. I can't do anything. I'm out of it. I'm not saying you shouldn't maybe lay in bed or take some medicine. I'm not saying that. But we check out. It happens. I just don't feel good today. I guess I need to just take it easy. What we're saying is that you can live for Christ all the time, no matter what happens in your life. And you are to live for Christ. That's what Paul says. Man, I was weak. I was sick. I was doing terrible. I was afflicted. I was pers- It was hard. He always lived for Christ. And as Christians, especially in our modern-day culture, we tend to check out. We check out. I can't do it. That's not true. You can do it. You can do whatever God wants you to by the power of God. Now, we don't like it when we're weak. I don't like it when I'm weak. I feel weak. I feel tired this morning. I don't always feel good. My wife knows my aches and pains. I don't feel good. That's the way it is. That's the Christian life. God's planned it out that way, okay? Especially as you get older. When you're young, 
energy, strength, man, I can do whatever I want. But, and we think that way. Oftentimes, well, I can't do it because I don't feel like I can do it. I, I just can't. I'm sick or this is happening. And again, we check out. And we shouldn't do that. Psalm 34. You look at the Psalms, and I could go through many. I'm just going to give you Psalm 34. There are so many Psalms where you see that David was weak. Psalm 55, Psalm 59, Psalm 18. So many examples, and Psalm 34 is, is, is one of those. But I just want to look at a few verses, verses um, 17 to 19. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and deliver them, delivers them out of all their troubles. Righteous people have troubles. You got troubles? That's the way it is. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Sometimes you feel like you have a lot of things going on. Many. Man, every day is hard. I'm not saying all of our lives like this, but oftentimes many are the afflictions of the righteous, verse 19, but the Lord delivers them, him out of go with this. Um, but many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers. So understand that. Again, it's not like you're going to feel good about things. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. And we have to learn as Christians, as it says in Second Corinthians 5, we need to be ones then who walk by faith and not by sight. Turn to Second Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and this, these verses, probably better than any I know, sum up what we're talking about right here. These are the classic ones. They make it so clear. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Verse 9, he has said to me, well, before that, let's, verse 8. Concerning this problem, he had this thorn in the flesh. He is probably being afflicted by false teachers and others who are attacking him and persecuting him. Concerning this problem, I implored the Lord three times that he might leave, that it might leave me. And God has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. So just one question as we start this few verses. So if you've ever gone through problems, if you talk to the Lord about it, and you prayed, and maybe you said, nope, I'm not taking the problem away. I'm not going to do it, but I will give you the grace to get through it. That's what he's saying, okay? I have problems like that. He says, Lord, take it. I don't like this. I'm really tired of this problem. Please, please take it away. I beg him. I get pretty strong with the Lord. Nope, I'm not going to do it. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ might dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And if verses 9 and 10 are true in your life, then you are a mature Christian. There's no doubt you are a very mature Christian. You're boasting. You're glad about your weaknesses. You're well content. Different times I say, you know, I read this. I don't think I'm a mature Christian if that's the standard. And that is the standard 
for mature Christian to be well content, be ones who are boasting and glad. Why? So that it's not about you, it's about Christ and Christ's life being seen in you. Let me go share a few more thoughts about these verses. We go through trials, difficulties, and weaknesses for Christ's sake. It's for Christ. It's not about us. It's for Christ and for his purposes, and so that his purposes then will be fulfilled. And if we had no trials at all, if you're going through life, young, middle-aged, old, no trials, no difficulties at all, you know what it would do? You would tend not to think about God very much. I don't need God. I can make it myself. Not only that, you wouldn't think about the fact that you need the power of God. God gives you trials and weaknesses so that you see that it's not about you, but it's about God, and it's about the power of God working in and through you. That's what he does. So that he then gets the glory. Next, we're to be content with trials, weaknesses, and hardships. Not to be upset, not to get angry, not to get mad, not to do that. Not to try to get rid of the trial. We're to trust the Lord, and we're to be thankful. And as it says, well content not just a little content, well content when we have difficulties and trials. Exodus 16.2 says the whole camp of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. That's tough. About two million people. The whole camp against these two men. Chapter 17, it says the people quarreled with Moses. Verse 3 says they grumbled against Moses. You know, we read in Numbers 12.3, says there that at that time, doesn't say at that time, but that's implied. That Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Most humble man. So God gave him the power and the grace he needed. And all these problems, and he had many, 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 and we just know about a few of them as we read the, read the Bible. Point number three. Three words describe what God gives us, through, gives us to get through trials and weaknesses. And the first word is grace, and there's the word strength, and the word power. All in these two verses here. And these, these words are equivalent words in this context. That is, grace and strength and power means that God gives you all the ability, all that you need then to do what he wants you to do. It says, my grace is sufficient. This is so encouraging, for God gives you all the grace, all the power you need to get through the problems of life and to do the things he wants you to do. Powerful. My grace is sufficient. You can never complain. Can't do it. His grace is sufficient. You'll never lack the power you need. You'll always have enough grace to endure the trial, survive the storm, get through the difficulties and the problems of life, always. Fourth, we're not just to be content with weakness, we're to boast about them. We're to be glad that we have them because we know that it's not about us. But if God allows them to be in our life, it's for the purposes of God, it's by the power of God, it's by the grace of God, and it's for the glory of God. We have to have that mindset. Some problem comes up, some difficulty, whether it's a short-term thing or long-term thing. So this is about God, it's not about me. It's about God, that's what it is. And we can be confident then, this is what God wants. You face some trials, some difficulties, some sickness, some weakness. We can be confident then that God will give us the grace to get through it. And mature Christians, as we see in this text here, are ones who are confident. They really believe God's going to get them through it. He'll give them all the grace he needs. These, these verses, I've, I've just, I sort of knew them, but I just memorized them about two weeks ago because I said, I've got to have these really down in my life. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. I'll boast all the more gladly about Christ's power than dwelling on me, and it goes on. 
And so, we're to be content. We're to be confident. I want you to turn to Jeremiah 17, just a couple verses about faith. Because so much of this is this concept about faith. It's not by how we feel. And again, we live in a culture that emphasizes how we feel. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind. That's powerful. Trust in men, whether it's yourself or somebody else or some friend or some politician. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. You see that? You trust in others besides the Lord, then you're turning from the Lord. It goes on. He will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. His trust is the Lord. He'll be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Very similar to Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, which talks about meditating on the Word of God. The connection, and please understand, I'm saying this briefly here, the connection between faith and the Word of God, as it says in, in Romans chapter 10, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So oftentimes our faith is, is weak. It's, it's not what it needs to be because we're not reading the word. We're not looking at the word. We're not trusting what God's word says. Next point here from 2 Corinthians. Power is perfected in weakness. Power is perfected in weakness. That is God's power wants to be perfected in your weakness, whatever that might be. That is our weakness is to lead to God's strength. And that it says is perfected means it's, 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 it's oftentimes a process of becoming strong in the Lord. It doesn't happen right away. Let's say you're going through some difficult trial. Oftentimes, and probably more often than not, we're not strong right away in the Lord. But we learn over time. And so being strong in the Lord, I say, can be a learning process, a growing process. And as we mature, Christians, hopefully the time between we have that trial and we get strong in the Lord gets shorter and shorter and shorter. For example, this happened to me before. Let's say you're sick. Okay, whatever. It's not a one-hour sickness. It's, you know, what could be a cold? It could be a flu. It could be something worse. And you're sick for more than just a couple days. And, and finally, this is going on. And about the third or fourth day, he says, you know, I think I better pray about this. I think I better ask the Lord for help. I, I'm sorry. I, I, it's happened to me. Well, I've been sick, and I don't even ask the Lord first day or two. Okay, fine. This is going on, Laura. You've got to help me here. You know what I'm saying? All of you, I think, know what I mean there. We need to turn to the Lord right away. But we're learning. We're learning. Not letting it take so much time. And that's what God wants us to learn. And the strength we're talking about is first and foremost spiritual strength. Again, we, we have this prayer chain. Most churches do. have a prayer place. You know, you call and, hey, you need prayer for whatever. And and you know this. You know most of the prayer requests are about what? What are they about? About sickness. Somebody's sick. Somebody's hurting. Somebody needs prayer. And we pray. Let me say something. It's fine to pray for people who are sick. But always, always pray for what first? Their spiritual strength. That God gives them the grace to endure. Always, always they may not be thinking that. They says, man, I need the prayer chain because I need to get better so I can get back on my feet. I don't like this. I need this. Always pray 
for spiritual strength first. Okay? That's what God wants. He wants you to have that strength so you can get through whatever you're going through. Now, of course, we know that God heals us physically too. We understand that. We know Psalm 103 says he heals all our diseases. We understand at least a little bit that we have an amazing anatomy. We have an amazing physiology and how the immune system works and everything else. I don't know. That's not my department. But it's amazing. And that's God. God might use a pill or two. He might use a doctor or a nurse or a hospital. He might use that. That's fine. We have those. That's good to avail ourselves of those. Always putting our trust in the Lord. Knowing that ultimately, if we're healed, it's God does it. Again, it's, it's, it's really it's something. I think of Jesus. This is important to think about this. Sometimes you're tired and you're weak and you're worn out. Always, when that happens, go back to Jesus last week. That last week, I mean, before he died on the cross, had to be one rough week. Especially, think about this. I mean, there he was Thursday night, and they come and get him there in Mount of Olives, and then they haul him away, and all-night trial, and then the next morning he has to carry his cross, and he couldn't do it, and then he's on the cross and so weak. He never sinned once. Super weak. His, his back had been flayed with a cat of nine tails, just a bloody mess. I mean, think about that. I mean, sometimes I'm like this. I mean, I'm, I just can't do it. Okay, Jesus, you did it. And, we, we, and, and I'll also say this. As people, we don't know our physical being. We'll have to know what, what are our limits. Sometimes you might think, man, I'm going to die. Well, God knows when you're going to die, okay, because you're too sick or too weak. But the point is always learn to turn to the Lord. Final point here, some Christians stay weak. They stay in their weakness. They don't get strength. This is a sad point, but I have to mention this. Some people stay weak. They got a problem, they got a difficulty, they got something going on, a sickness, and they stay weak. I'm talking about spiritually weak here. They stay weak. For whatever reason, they're not seeking the Lord and his strength. And they're not being humble. They might be grumbling, they might be complaining, they might be discouraged, they might be bitter, they might be mad. And they're not looking to the Lord. I'm going to go back, I'm going to just read this again. This is so important, these verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'd encourage you, I mean, in the verses, particularly, particularly these Corinthians verses, this 1 Corinthians 2, the 2 Corinthians 4, the 2 Corinthians 12, Read these, because you're going to have troubles this week, okay? Right? Isn't that true? You don't like to think that way. You don't maybe think that way, but it'll happen. You'll have difficulties. Something will happen. Get these verses in your mind and heart. 9 and 10. He has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Now, that's in the red letters. It means that's what God actually told Paul. So think about this. Lord, have I heard your voice? Have I heard you say this to me, that my grace is sufficient for, 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 for you, for powers perfected in weakness? And have you believed it then? And as Paul then responded, Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecution, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. And what we're talking about here, you don't learn in the day. This is one of those lifetime processes. A lot of you here are older, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. 
And you'll probably say if we talk privately, you're still learning this. And that's fine. It's a lifetime thing. That's what God wants. He wants to teach you, and he will. I want to share a number of thoughts about being strong in the Lord. First one here is be strong and courageous. We saw this in Joshua 1. There's other verses that are strong and courageous. Now, the strength and courage go together to step out, and, and there's some kind of difficulty or some kind of fear or some kind of impossible situation. It, takes, it requires courage. That's what we're saying. This means then you have to have both the willingness to do what God wants and depend on God for his power, his strength, even though you know what you're going to go through is a very challenging task. I mean, think about Joshua. There he is sitting there, edge of the promised land, and wow, we've got to go in and defeat the enemy. Sometimes there are gargantuan things hanging over you. Say, man, I don't want to do this or go through this. You're right at the beginning of some very difficult challenge, and it takes courage. Okay, God, I will step out. Okay, God, I trust that you're going to give me the grace and the strength. Psalm 27, 13, and 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Sometimes God wants us to wait on him for strength. As Christians, we can easily be impulsive and not wait on the Lord, not be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and be led then by the Spirit. And there's, there's two points I want to say here. Sometimes we think we need to do something. God says, wait. Not yet. And you can be strong as you wait. You're sort of getting anxious. I got to do this. I got to do no, Just wait. You be strong. Knowing that God will then lead you at the right time, then he'll give you the strength to do what he wants. So the strength of waiting and the strength then of doing what he wants you to do when the time is right. That's what I want to say here. Isaiah 40. I think most of you know these verses. Isaiah 40. Again, these are really good. Y'all need to know these. In different times in life, Okay, I think I need to go to Isaiah 40. And that's the way the Christian life should be. Man, it's a hard day. It's a tough time. This is a tough situation. I feel not so good about this. Okay, let me go to the Word, see what he says. I'll read this again. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Boy, that's good. 30. Though youths grow tired, weary, and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. It's by the strength of the Lord. That's what it is. Third point here, 1 Peter 5, 5 says, God's opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I've sort of said this before. I mentioned this point with relative to Moses. He was the most humble man in the face of the earth, and God gave him the grace. And it says this here. So we're talking about this connection of, of humility. It's important to get God's grace, God's strength. So what he's saying then, really, is only humble people get God's grace. Get God's strength. If a person is proud, if he's focused on himself and what he wants to do in his own glory and his own purposes, then he won't get the strength from God to do what God wants him to do. Christians who are weak, and let me emphasize this, and who are consistently weak then are ones then who aren't strong in the Lord. And I hate to say this because sometimes this happens to me and probably a lot of us here, we're weak and we stay weak and you know what that means? You're proud. That's the truth. That's the truth. 
Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, a great verse. This is saying that you can do every single thing that God wants you to do. doesn't mean you can do whatever you want and God gives you strength. Of course, we know that's not true. But God will give you the strength to do whatever he wants you to do. God will give you all the grace you need to carry out every command that he commands you. 2 Corinthians 9.8, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times you have an abundance for every good deed. All the grace. That's, that's, a, that's a wonderful verse, 2 Corinthians 9.8. If you don't have the power to do something, there's three options. You're not being humble. You're being proud. Or you need to wait until the time to do it. Or God doesn't want you to do it. There's sometimes we, we think we should do something, but we shouldn't do it. And we're looking to the Lord. And I'm not, I mean, sometimes things are unclear. But if it's a command of God, of course you do it. Some things, as you know, in life we're not sure about. Well, should I do this? Should I not do that? It's not written down in the Bible. You're not sure. If you don't sense the spirit leading, you don't sense the power of God, then maybe you shouldn't do it. Okay? Again, different situations. Fifth point, Hebrews 11. This whole chapter is about men and women of faith, men and women who were humble, men who received, women who received the power of God so they could do the work of God. It's a whole thing. And I'm just going to give you a few examples. You know them all. Read about Enoch, and by God's power, he walked with God. As Jude said, he was a preacher of righteousness. Noah, by God's power, he built an ark and saved the world. Abraham, by God's power, he traveled to a 400 foreign land through all those, all those miles. And Sarah miraculously had a child. Hebrews 11, 11 says, By faith, even Sarah herself received power to conceive. as by the power of God that they had their child Read about Moses, and by God's power, he led the Jews out of Egypt through the desert and up to then the promised land. And God has you here on this earth for a purpose. There's no doubt about it. It's by faith in God and by the power of God and for the work of God and then results in the glory of God. That's what he wants. Just a couple more verses here. I mentioned this one last week. This is so good. There's so many good verses in this subject. Psalm 73, 25, 26 whom have I in heaven but thee, and besides thee I desire nothing on this earth. My heart and my flesh may fail. That's happened sometimes, right? You're just totally out of it. Wow. I'm just out of it, physically, spiritually. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So the point is this. Times when you don't feel like you have any strength at all, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, look to the Lord. Say, God, help me. God, help me. And there may be some times when he says, go to bed. You're just tired. And that's true. That may happen. But running too hard. Not trusting me, not waiting. But you go to bed. Okay. And sometimes he says, hey, look to me. I'll give you the strength. And you need to keep going physically and spiritually. And he gives you the strength. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Then the final phrase of that verse, the Lord is the strength of his people. Two thoughts. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Strength meaning the strength to do what God wants me to do. The shield means he protects me from evil, from bad things. But then the collective phrase, the Lord is the strength of his people. He's mine. He's my strength. And he's our strength. The Lord is the strength of his people. So as a church, we go together. As families, we go together. As, and it's by the strength of the Lord. That's what it is. Final verse here. 
Psalm 84, 7. It says they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. That's a good way to sum up your life. Every day, this day, the 21st day of August, the strength of God. Tomorrow, the 22nd, the strength of God. Next day, the 23rd, for the strength of God, and continues. Strength to strength. That's what God wants, to do the work of God and for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. We bless you for just loving each one of us, bringing us here, giving us your word, showing us the truth about who you are and who we are and what salvation means, showing us the truth about how we're to live our lives, showing us the truth as we've talked about the last few weeks, that it's by the grace of God, by the power of God, by the strength of, of God. We, we thank you so much for this. Lord, help us. We ask you to help us to, to love you, to to want to do what you want, Lord, to look more and more, to trust you. I mean, I will admit so many times I just start doing things in my own strength. Help us all to be humble as we go through the days and go through the weeks. And every morning as we get up, say, Lord, I want to do what you do, want me to do today. And God, you got to give me the grace to do it. It's a good little prayer. We may not think that all day long, but it's a good way to start the day. We end the day, look back, says, Lord, thank you for helping me to serve you today, to do the work I did by your strength, by your grace, and for your glory. Lord, just thank you for every person here, even those who couldn't make it today. I think of Dan and Mary Pia. Pia, Mary is, is not feeling well. I believe she has COVID. I pray you'd help her and get better, Lord. I ask you for that. And pray, Lord, for this friend of mine. He's come to the Wednesday Studies, Jim C., who's had the COVID, and it's really done a number on him. And, Lord, I pray for Lillian's friend over in Orlando, Wanda, who's pretty sick and probably won't live too much longer. Give her grace as well. And others, Lord, who may not be here today because of our ailments. But for all these, Lord, we pray, as we said before, that you give them spiritual strength to trust you, even though they don't feel good, to keep going, to, to look to you, Father. And I pray that for every one of us here. This week, there will be things that happen that are difficulties. It might be a small trial, might be a big trial. Help us to look to you say, God, help me. And God, you will. Help us to be ones who are growing in our confidence and in our faith in you, Lord, and thankfulness and our contentment. All these things, Father, we ask you. Because this is a tough area, and, and a lot of Christians have a struggle with this. But help us, Lord, as Christians, not to struggle, but to trust you, to look to you, to depend on you. And God, you will come through. And might we then be thankful and, 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 and know, God, that you're faithful and you love us and you lead us and you wanna, want us to see your strength and your power work through us for your glory. Lord, thank you again now for this time. We pray you read the less, lead the rest of our time for your purposes and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have a baptism in a few minutes, but what we're going to do here, just so you know, is we're going to have, sing our songs, have Bruce come up, do the announcements, sing our congregational songs, and then, and then um, uh, Teresa Tor is going to get baptized, and she and I will come up here, and we'll go from there, okay? Thank you. morning everybody so I'm going to lead out with um, Kenny told me earlier that he was going to place some purses from his mom Linda who passed away uh, in fellowship hall on the back table so uh, he would like to share those with anybody that would like uh, to 
take one of those, so just so you know, if you see them back there. Um, Activity-wise, Wednesday we've got our, our worship and Bible study time, uh, 6.45. You're welcome to come out for that. Uh, next Sunday is Matthew Meal. Hard to believe the end of the month here. Uh, Matthew Meal comes around quickly. That's our time to get together for lunch. Um, the reason why we have that is fellowship, sharing our common faith in Christ and what's going on in our lives, uh, prayers that we want for each other, uh, giving praise to God about what he's doing in our lives. So if you're able to stick around next Sunday for lunch, that's Matthew Meal. And then uh, men, uh, usually the first Friday of the month is our uh, men's meeting, but it will be moved because of the holiday, so that's September the 9th uh, will be our men's meeting uh, in September. So next week, um, we will have a guest uh, speaker. Um, it'll be streaming live from Italy. Franca Pisa will be sharing a message and what's going on in Italy as far as their ministry. Uh, so very excited to hear that. Uh, just as a reminder, Frank used to be a pastor here. And then his wife, um, Pam and Frank, decided to go to Italy to be missionaries. And they've been over there for many years. And so it'll be great to see what God's doing over there in Italy. So uh, keep that in mind. So as uh, Steve said, we're going to have our last songs and for offering. We've got a box on the back table as you go out that you can put your offering in or mail it in or give online. Thank you. invite you to stand for our last two songs. Steve was talking about grace and uh, the power of God greater than all of our needs and greater than our sin. That's what this hymn teaches us. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of our sin. of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt, yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled, grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Sin and despair like the sea waves cold threaten the soul. Oh, 
is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Dark is the stain that we cannot hide, what can avail to wash it away? Look, there is flowing a crimson tide, whiter than snow you may be today. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse that is greater than all our sin. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see His face, will you this moment His grace in the sermon today and testified by Joshua and all of those who conquered through the power of Jesus Christ. Now, we are more than conquerors in him. When my hope and strength is gone, you're the one who calls me on. You are the light, you are the fight that's in my soul. Oh, your resurrection power burns like fire in my heart. When waters rise, I lift my eyes up to your throne. We are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. 
we will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God, our conqueror. I will sing into the night. Christ is risen and on high. Greater is he living in me than in the world. No surrender, no retreat. We are free and we're redeemed. We will declare over despair you are the whole. We are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God, our conqueror. Nothing is impossible. Every chain is breakable with you. We are victorious. You are stronger than our hearts. You are greater than the dark with you. We are victorious. Nothing is impossible. Every chain is breakable with you. We are victorious. You are stronger than our hearts. You are greater than the dark with you. We are victorious. We are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God. We are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God. We are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God, our conqueror. Our Lord, our God, our conqueror. Our Lord, our God, our conqueror. Thank you. You may be seated.
Hello, again. <laughs> this is a, it's an exciting time. I'm so glad that we're having this baptism. Teresa talked to me, it must have been a month or two ago, and so we're finally doing it today. But just a couple things about baptism. I think you understand, most of you here, but baptism, of course, is not that which saves us. There are some people, some churches believe that, but it's not the means by which we're saved. We're saved by Christ alone and by faith in Christ, believing that he died on the cross to save us from our sins. Baptism is just a picture of our salvation. I have a ring in my hand. That's a symbol, you know, and not married because I have this ring on and not married when the ring is off. It's, you know, you understand that. It's a symbol. So baptism is a symbol. It's a picture. The word baptizo comes from a Greek word, baptizo. It means to place into. In fact, it was, it was a word that was often used back in those days, a couple thousand years ago, to refer to you're going to take a cup and they'd have cups, you know, these clay, and they would dip them and die. And the dipping process was called baptism. Baptism. You're dipping it into it, then you take it out. And so the idea of baptism is we're placed into the water. It's a picture of our old life, that we were sinners, and then coming up out of the water is a picture of our new life, that now we have a new life in and through Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And what God tells us in different places in the Bible that we are to baptize those who are Christians. We read back in the, I think it's Acts 2, 3, about there was thousands that were baptized. People were getting a lot of saved, and they're getting baptized. And, and so that's what we want to do here as well. There's just one verse I want to share. It's Matthew 28. It says, Go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we're doing what God wants us to do. Teresa is following the Lord in this area of obedience because she knows this is what God wants her to do. So she's doing it. So here we are. Hello, everyone. As you well know, I'm here to be baptized. Um, I'm just going to say something small, and then just want to share with you that um, I've been saved for quite a while now, and I'm here as a um, outward testimony of my faith in Jesus. And um, so I could do this in front of all of you, and you can all see that I'm doing this. And so anyway, um, and to show my obedience to the Lord. Um, and I do want to share one scripture with you all, uh, Romans six four. Um, we were buried, therefore, um, with him, by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Amen. That's it. Teresa Torres, because of your faith, 
In the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. benediction. God will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and he will bring it to pass.